HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Roth Cheese, a trailblazer in the U.S. specialty cheese movement. For more information, visit rothcheese.com. It's time for lunch. Welcome to Time for Lunch. This is a place to learn about eating, cooking, enjoying, and sometimes playing with your food. Each episode, we cover a new subject. I'm Hannah Forden. And I'm Harry Rosenblum. Tune in for food, fun, and flavor. We have a special guest here for lunch today, and it's up to you to figure out who they are and what the theme of today's episode is. Are you ready? Special guest, what shape are you? Ooh, that's a hard question to answer. I can be so many different shapes. Sometimes I'm shaped like a big wheel or a rectangular block a triangle wedge, or even a ball. Hmm. Are you grown or made? I am made. Are you a thing or an ingredient? I'm an ingredient, and sometimes I make a great meal all on my own. All right, I think we're getting somewhere here. Are you a fruit, a vegetable, an animal, grain, or legume? So I'm made from something that we get from animals, but I'm usually vegetarian. Huh, it's not as easy as I thought it would be. Can you give me a hint? Okay, sure. So, I'm made from something that we get from animals that say moo or bah. Ah, I think I know what it is. Cheese. Harry. What's your favorite way to eat cheese? With my fingers. (laughs) I agree. Pretty much everything tastes better if you can eat it with your hands. I personally, I just feel like you can't beat a grilled cheese sandwich, maybe with a slice of tomato. And I don't know about you, but I tend to get really hungry and sleepy and maybe even a little bit grumpy around three or four in the afternoon. And I like to get a slice of cheese with a piece of fruit or maybe some nuts to help me get through the day before dinner. Yeah, that's a great afternoon snack. I also like cheese for breakfast. My wife, Taylor, lived in Bulgaria for a while, and they eat uh, pasta in the morning as breakfast with crumbled feta and a sprinkle of sugar or honey on it. It is delicious. Ooh, breakfast pasta. I like the way that sounds. So 
Little known fact, I actually used to work on a farm that made goat's cheese and cow's milk cheese. So the best part of my job was getting to milk the goats. First thing in the morning, at the crack of dawn, just as the sun was coming up, and again at the very end of the day. It was super fun because I got to know the personalities of all the different goats in the herd. There were probably close to 20 of them, and they've got big personalities. One of my favorite goats was named Dolly. She was a grumpy old lady, but I won her over with lots of ear scratches. What do you call cheese that isn't yours? What? Nacho cheese. Now it's time for our question of the day. The answer to this question is somewhere in the episode, so listen carefully. How much milk does it take to make one pound of cheese? Keep an ear out. Up next, we turn to a cheese expert to teach us a little bit about the history of cheese and how it's made. Hi, my name is Liz Thorpe. I am a cheese expert. That's a real job. I'm also an author. I've written several books about cheese, but I've worked in the cheese business for almost 20 years. A lot of us eat cheese. I know I have a little cheese almost every day, but how is it made? Cheese is a fermented milk product. It is a solid food that started out as milk and was transformed into cheese. Cheese is made from all different kinds of milk, but the most common milks that are used for cheese making are cow milk, goat milk, and sheep milk. And sometimes those are combined, but you can also make cheese out of water buffalo milk, and you can even make cheese out of camel milk or yak milk in various parts of the world. So cheese making is a really ancient practice. And it was created, it was invented so that people could store milk. This is a long, long time ago when there were no refrigerators. You couldn't, you couldn't take your milk and just chill it down in a, in a nice little box. And milk is really perishable. It goes bad really quickly if it's not kept cold. But it's also really, really nutritious. It's a very valuable food. It's got a lot of fat. It's got a lot of protein. It's got a lot of calcium, things that our bodies need. So it's a great food, and cheese was invented as a way of taking this very perishable milk and making it last a little bit longer so that people could, you know, preserve and access all that good nutrition. So how exactly does milk turn into cheese? Well, I guess I'll take a, a little step back to say part of what I think is fascinating about cheese is that all cheese is made from the same four basic ingredients, but what you do with those ingredients can turn out thousands of different cheeses that look different, that smell different, that taste different. So there's a lot of, a lot of tweaking and a lot of innovation that goes into cheese making, but the way that you make cheese at a very sort of simple, basic level is that you take milk, which is a liquid, you add what are called starter cultures, which is a semi-fancy word for bacteria. These bacteria eat the sugar in milk, and they convert that sugar into acid. So lactose, milk sugar, becomes lactic acid. And when that happens, milk goes from being a liquid to being sort of like jello texture. So you have milk, you have 
cultures or bacteria. And you have something called enzymes, which help coagulate milk, help really make the proteins stick together. So it goes from being liquid to being fully solid. So liquid to jello-y to sort of like a firm jello texture. And that's when a cheesemaker can cut that curd, that solid jello-y material, and do different things with it. And then the final ingredient that all cheese has is salt. And that can be added at various points in the cheesemaking process, but is a really critical component. So all cheese is made of milk, bacteria, starter bacteria, enzymes or coagulant, and salt. Wow. What an amazing transformation from those simple ingredients into delicious cheeses. Thank you so much to our friend Liz Thorpe for teaching us about how cheese gets made. Stay tuned for more cheesy goodness right after we take a quick break. Today's program is brought to you by Roth Cheese, a trailblazer in the U.S. specialty cheese movement. Roth has been making specialty cheese in the rolling hills of southern Wisconsin for more than 30 years. Roth is best known for its award-winning alpine-style cheeses named Grand Cru. Fresh Wisconsin milk, combined with expertise and affinage, is how Roth creates high-quality, great-tasting cheese year after year. When you buy Roth, you know their cheeses will always be made with good ingredients, will always taste good, and will always make you feel good when sharing with friends and family. For more information, visit RothCheese.com. Welcome back to Time for Lunch. We're learning about delicious dairy, fantastic fermentation, righteous rennet. All right, I'm going to stop. This episode is about cheese. It's time to get into some fun facts about cheese. It takes 10 pounds of milk to make one pound of cheese. There are some cheeses that are illegal in the United States. All U.S. milk goes through a pasteurization process, meaning that you heat up the milk to kill off any bacteria. If the milk hasn't gone through this process, like many in Europe, it's considered illegal. And did you know that mice don't actually like cheese? They prefer carbs like bread or crackers and desserts. Cheese isn't just made from cow's milk. You can use the milk from goats, sheep, horses, buffalo, moose, and even camels. Moose cheese is very expensive. It costs around $420 a pound. Did you know that there are over 2,000 types of cheese in the world? Gouda and mozzarella are the most popular cheeses. And can you guess which countries eat the most cheese? According to worldatlas.com, they are Denmark, Iceland, Finland, France, and Cyprus. Cheese has been around for a long, long time and has been a staple in many cultures for thousands of years. Liz told us a little bit about it. Cheese is one of the most ancient foods that exists in the history of humanity. So in the beginning of when human beings started to live together in groups in small communities, when we stopped being hunter-gatherers and we started actually 
building communities that stayed in one place. So we're talking about 7,000 years ago. One of the very first foods that we started to make was cheese. And there's actually archaeological evidence that um, pottery shards have been found from six to 7,000 years ago that have been tested. And in those pieces of old jars from the very beginning, there's fat. And this has been tested and proven to be fermented dairy residue that we sort of figured out how to um, make pottery. And as soon as we could make pottery that could hold milk and and be used to transform it, um, and as soon as we could domesticate animals and keep them with us, we started making cheese. So it's really like the first, one of the first foods that we ever made for ourselves. Um, so I think that's really, really interesting. And like, I think it's very interesting that you can take the same three to four ingredients and come up with thousands of different results, thousands of different cheeses. Wow, I have learned so much about cheese today. Let's have a little wiggle and then we'll be back with even more cheesy goodness after a little dance break. noticed that a few of our episodes this season are sponsored by Emmy Roth Cheese. Over at Heritage Radio Network, we've been collaborating with Emmy Roth for a long time. That means that I've been lucky enough to taste and learn about their delicious assortment of cheeses. Emmy Roth makes cheese in Wisconsin and Switzerland, both beautiful places known for making some of the tastiest cheeses in the world. I spoke with Heather Engwall, who works at Emmy Roth, and her daughter Maya about how they like to enjoy cheese. Cows will go up in the summer to graze and then come down um, and have that great uh, summer milk. Heather and Maya live in Wisconsin, which is in the middle part of the United States. Wisconsin is known for its milk, and beautiful rolling hills. You know, the grass and the, the great water to really um, produce that good milk. Because, you know, all cheese, is, all cheese is only good as the milk. And so it all starts with the basic of the cow and the milk. With all of our talk about cheese, it's important to remember that it's all thanks to milk from animals like cows. So if you like cheese, be sure to say thank you to the cows. In Wisconsin, they're pretty easy to find. In Wisconsin, we have the same number of cows as we do school kids here. So I recently learned we have over one million cows, and that's as many um, kids as we have in the state. Just like the team here at Time for Lunch, Heather knows the importance of playing with your food. One thing that it's important to remember when you're when you're eating cheese is that it's really about having fun and, and playing with your food and interacting with it. 
Um, a lot of the cheeses we make are really meant to just eat as cheese. Um, and so I would really encourage kids especially to um, to really get creative. Um, you don't necessarily just have to put a cracker to it. Building a cheese plate is a great way to have a chance to try bits and bites of new foods. Cheeses come in a variety of shapes, flavors, textures, and smells. If you're an adventurous eater, there is a lot to experiment with. And anytime I serve something that my kids can actually pick up and eat, it, they usually eat it better. Um, and then, you know, with cheese, you can pretty much pair it with just about anything. So something even like a stronger cheese like blue, if you put some honey or jam to it, um, it can really cut down on, you know, some of the, the strong notes of that cheese. Um, and, you know, I think that if, if it just really to encourage um, experiment and, and to have fun with whatever they're doing. Um, jam is jam is a great option. Dried fruit, and again, you can even do all kinds of different dessert ideas, um, like chocolate covered pretzels or chocolate, um, to to really just kind of keep them engaged and eating through. Heather's daughter is an expert at experimenting with cheese. Um, I'm Maya, and I'm 11 years old. So um, my favorite cheese is the Grand Cru. It pairs really nicely with like a lot of things. Um, and I really like it on like eggs, like scrambled eggs in the morning. Um, it, it, yeah, it just goes good with like everything. Maya just made bread this weekend for the first time. Bread and cheese are definitely like one of the best combos. Yum. I think I need some bread and cheese. You know, Cheese is not only delicious and easy to eat, it's also super good for you. Cheese has kind of six main nutrients that your body needs. Um, everything from calcium and protein and phosphorus, which helps build strong bones and teeth um, and, and muscle. Um, it also, when you eat it, you, you don't need much of it and it makes you feel full, which is great. So it's, it, it's a great snack. Um, something that can tie you over between lunch and dinner. Um, it travels well, so that, that also makes a good good snack. Um, it's got vitamin B12 in it, which helps the central nervous system to stay healthy. Um, and then the other part that I like about it is it's got two um, different components to allow your body to basically break down and use carbohydrates and fats. So it's, it's really just, we, we like to call it the perfect food because not only is it good, but it's also good for you and your body to eat. Thank you so much to Heather and Maya for teaching us even more about cheese. You can look for Emmy Roth cheeses at your favorite grocery store or cheese shop. Before we wrap up today's show, we're going to hear a book recommendation. Hi, I'm Moxie from Rhode Island, and I have a book review. Well, it's actually a series. The series is called Geronimo Stilton, and there's a bunch of really silly books, and it's kind of about cheese. Well, he's a mouse, so he eats cheese a lot. Geronimo Stilton is a editor for a newspaper, and he does he goes on really silly adventures for his newspaper, and sometimes just for his family, and it's really fun. Bye. At the beginning of the episode, we asked, How much milk does it take to make one pound of cheese? 
And the answer is, it takes 10 pounds of milk to make one pound of cheese. We listen to a lot of other podcasts for kids here at Time for Lunch. You can find a whole bunch of great podcasts at kidslisten.org. Thanks for listening to Time for Lunch today. We'll be back next week with more tasty stories. This show is written, produced, edited, and hosted by Harry Rosenblum and Hannah Forden, with engineering by Liam Werner. Emily Kunkel is our associate producer. Thanks to Heron for sharing their voice on the show today. Time for Lunch is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Time for Lunch is powered by Simplecast, and the music in this episode came from Breakmaster Cylinder. Music in this episode came from Breakmaster Cylinder, and our amazing engineer, Liam Werner, composed our Fun Facts music. Remember, we love to stay in touch with our listeners. Whether you have a joke you'd like to share, or if you'd just like to tell us what you had for lunch, we love to hear from you. Send us your recipes, poems, book recommendations, or anything else you think we'd like. It's easy to record yourself using the Voice Memo app on an iPhone. Just ask a grown-up to help you email us at timeforlunchpodcast at gmail.com. Include your name, age, and address so we can send you something in return. This program was supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with City Council. See you next week.